MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, March 3rd, 2020. Today, a deeper look at the ruling about Ken Kitchenelli, an update on coronavirus, two of Fertosh's mansions are seized by VTB Bank in London, the Taliban ends the partial truce with a bomb attack, Hillary's emails are back, SCOTUS takes up the Affordable Care Act case, Trump fires another person on his enemies list, Buttigieg and Klobuchar drop out, and Super Tuesday is finally here. I'm your host, AG, and with me today is Jordan Coburn. Hello. How are you? Good. Huge fucking day. Nervous. Yeah. Nervous. No matter yeah. who your candidate is. I'm excited. I am too. Yeah. This is the primary. This is just the fun part, I guess. <laughs> We've been waiting for it to get here. Yeah. Like three three years ago, I, I was like, can it be Super Tuesday, please? Mm-hmm. So it's uh, a huge day of reckoning. And I think uh, we'll get into this a little bit when we start, when we start the news block. But the race is extremely different than it was when we spoke 48 yesterday hours yeah 24 hours ago yeah mm-hmm. yeah i th- i think it's really interesting um i don't remember i mean 2016 was just such a different race there weren't as many candidates but it's it feels pretty crazy to me that there are so many people now that are just like okay i guess i'll vote for biden you know but they they're super bummed right now it sucks their candidates just fucking dropped the right out yeah, uh, especially people who already mailed in their stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I'm still not even clear what happens with those. Me neither. Because if you're doing an absentee ballot and you're, I don't know, an, an absentee, <laughs> not in California, how quickly can you get a new ballot? Is there any sort of way that you can send in a new one? Or, or yeah, like what is, is there express mail? I can't, yeah, that's. Yeah, and can you even send in a new one? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'd have to call uh, call up our registrar and find out. Yeah. It seems like kind of unprecedented, sort of, to drop out. Or I shouldn't say unprecedented because I can't say that for certain. But it is just a huge shock to drop out hours before the primary, basically. Before Super Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. Yes. The big one. <laughs> the big one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And before we get to the news, Chris Matthews quit just like an hour ago. Um, he, he started his hardball show with his resignation, saying, this is the last you'll see of me. Uh, and said, I've been doing this forever. I love you guys and I'll miss you. And then he just peaced out. Steve Kornacki was left there like, I'll do the show, and like just shocked. Um, and he was shook, right? And then at the end of the hour after the news got out, Kornacki gave like a goodbye. He was in tears almost. It was, it was really emotional. Um, but Matthews left. Uh, uh, you know, I'm assuming amidst the issues that he was facing with uh, some of the things that he was saying about the candidates in this in this race, particularly Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Um, when I think when he had Carville on. And so it's just, uh, so he, he peaced out after 30 years. Maybe he's like, this just, this network doesn't represent me anymore. I don't I'm know. Leaving. Yeah, I don't know what his, what his thought process was. I'll, I'll take a look and watch his, his farewell speech and see if he mentions it. Yeah. Um, but by chris matthews he's gone that's crazy he was a really big part of my initial introduction to politics we had to read hardball in high school in our government class yeah yeah and that was incredibly eye-opening just he writes all about you know the concept of a whip and what it is to 
have a coalition of people and, and it's just like a really, really well written mm-hmm. intro to civics and government book, basically. That's yeah. crazy. So, wow. He was around before MSNBC even was a thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, with that, we do have a lot of news to get to today. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. So as we know, it is Super Tuesday, unless you're a patron, you're listening Monday night, which means it's almost Super Tuesday. Uh, Just since yesterday, and I was bringing this up um, a second ago, the race has made a complete 180. Because if you discount Bloomberg, because he hasn't been on a ballot yet, Mm -hmm. and if you discount (laughs) Gabbard, because you just should... Well, she doesn't have a single delegate. We had three moderates splitting the moderate vote, mm-hmm. right? Biden, Klobuchar, and Buttigieg. Mm-hmm. And then we had two progressives splitting the progressive vote, Warren and Sanders. If you would put them in the same category, Warren kind of might have taken some moderate votes and some progressive votes. Mm-hmm. Now we have one moderate taking all the moderate votes yep. and two progressives splitting the progressive vote. Oh, who would you call Bloomberg or what would you call Bloomberg? Again, I wasn't counting. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I don't feel like he's even like I feel like he's a Republican. Like, I don't even know why he's here. Yeah. Other I, than just he has money. Um, but, you know, I mean, he says he's uh, an anti-Sanders, uh, anti-Trump, which would mm-hmm. put him in the moderate category. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess you could say it's two progressives against two moderates. Mm hmm. If you put him over there with Biden. Yeah. Which I think he belongs more there than he would over on the Sanders Warren side. Absolutely. Yeah. And of course, it's not as simple as that. Like I said, as a lot of Warren voters fall in both camps, moderate and and progressive. And there are a lot of progressive moderates. I mean, like, uh, you know, like all of our friends from overseas always say you could like if this were a parliamentary system, the Democratic Party could would actually have be like five different parties. Mm -hmm. So. It's not as simple as just that black and white thing, but to have a Klobuchar and Buttigieg drop out and endorse Biden before Super Tuesday, that's that really changes the face of the race. And as you were talking about, a lot of people had already mailed in their ballots for them. What happens to those votes? What happens to that? Yeah. Now, if they reach 15%, they get awarded those delegates, and then those delegates, I think, get redistributed at the convention uh, as they go, you know, kind of like a caucus. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I bet we will continue to see endorsements up the wazoo for Biden and Obama's will probably be coming soon. Well, he had a call with Obama. Biden did oh. um, after South Carolina. And Obama, according to sources familiar with the call, said, I'm, uh, I'm not going to step in yet. Um, so I don't know that Obama's going to do it. I honestly think, at least not until the nominee is chosen, because I think Obama's I think Obama thinks his early endorsement of Hillary Clinton may have hurt her Hmm. in the 2016 election because there are a lot of people who don't like Obama Mm -hmm. and not in, not in our camp, Mm -hmm. but there are a lot of super progressive Democrats who also don't like Obama. And so I think that that, Mm -hmm. I think he's worried about splitting it more than he is about helping it. Yeah. At least talking about the super progressive block though, I'd say super progressives are way more critical of Hillary inherently than they were of Obama. I would too. I'm just saying that, Mm -hmm. you know, an Obama endorsement of Biden would be like, oh, sure, it's the establishment. Fuck you. You know, and you might get a couple other people to go over to the progressive side uh, on that, on that kind of endorsement. Although I I don't know. It should be very unsurprising as an endorsement though. He was his vice president for eight years. You would think, but (laughs) I I feel like he doesn't, just like he didn't want to dip his toe in the Russia pool. Uh Uh-huh. 
I don't think he wants to dip Russia his toe. Pool. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> he didn't want it. And of course, Mitch McConnell wouldn't let him dip mm-hmm. his toe in the Russia pool. But I, I, he didn't want it to seem political. And I think he, he's trying to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. The Jerry Falwell pool. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Falwell pool boy tends to. Yeah, I think this is best case scenario for Biden. 100 percent. Oh, pretty yeah. much what's happening all, right now. Yeah. All the other moderates that really were firing up large factions of people in the country are gone. They've come out and endorsed him. And the most amount of progressives that really were in the race are still in it, with the exception of Steyer, if you count. But he was pretty, like, I think on the fence between being a moderate and being progressive. I, yeah, I think he was trying to be super progressive. He was, but he also was al- always kind of the more moderate version of the pro- progressive policies. Yeah. But yeah, you're right, though. But it, this is this is best case scenario for Biden. All the people dropped out. They all supported him. And now the progressive vote is being split between Sanders and Warren. Yeah. And and honestly, the momentum that he got from that South Carolina win has, I think, a lot to, Mm -hmm. if not everything to do with this. Here's some new Biden endorsements. Uh, We just found out Beto Mm -hmm. O'Rourke. We just heard Pete Buttigieg announce. We know Amy Klobuchar is going to announce if she hasn't already um, since we sat down here. Um, Former National Security Advisor Susan Rice Mm -hmm. uh, has endorsed uh, Harry Reid former Mm -hmm. Senate Majority Leader, former Virginia Governor Terry McAuliffe, Senator Tammy Duckworth, former Senator Barbara Boxer, former Senator Blanche Lincoln, uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, uh, okay. Obviously. Um, Don Beyer, uh, and these are representatives, Jennifer Wexton, Bobby Scott, uh, Gil Cisneros, and Greg Stanton. So those are new Biden endorsements Mm -hmm. uh, on top of the ones that he already had. And I, I have to think that just all came from South Carolina. Yeah, I mean, I feel like all those people were just waiting for him to finally have a good night so they could come out and confidently come out behind him. I think they were all planning on endorsing him. Yeah. Yeah. And and he and he had a better night than most people thought. So mm-hmm. they were like, well, here I go. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, it's hard for me. I mean, obviously tomorrow, we'll just have to wait until tomorrow. But at this point, I feel like no one's going to get the amount of delicates they need to clinch a nomination. It's going to be contested and Biden's going to get it at the convention. Yeah, because of the superdelegates. Yep. I, I That is exactly what I think is going to happen. Yeah. And that means that the Dems are going to lose a lot of the progressive vote. Mm-hmm. Because the, I, I know that there are Biden or excuse me, Sanders supporters who will not vote if he's not the nominee. To be fair, there are a lot of Biden supporters that will not vote if Bernie's a nominee. I think there's probably more. I think the polls at least show that there are far more Sanders supporters that, that wouldn't. And I can't say that I blame them. They they are they feel left out. They feel disenfranchised by the the DNC and the and the Democratic establishment. Yeah, and they're like, this isn't what I want. You're not representing me. Fuck you. Right. Well, this is again what happens when you have a party that doesn't represent all the people that want to fall into it. You know, like there's no <sighs> unless you're a billionaire. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but to think. That you're going to be able to get one party that's going to be some catch-all representative for all of the people that consider themselves leftists is just fucking absurd and it's fucking bullshit and it's tearing our country apart. It is, because if Sanders got the nomination, there would be a lot of people who wouldn't vote for him, like you said. Yep. Uh, I disagree with that. I would vote for whoever the F it is. Um, Don't know why I didn't just say fuck right then. (laughs) Uh, Because... You know, like, I mean, duh, I, mm-hmm. Biden's not my number one choice. And mm-hmm. here's the thing that's happening right now. And I'm seeing this all over, at least social media. And I know Twitter isn't the world, just like the stock market isn't the economy, uh, which rebounded 1300 points today, mm. um, is that many Super Tuesday moderates or moderate progressives 
are debating now if they were going to back Warren, mm-hmm. should they switch to Biden? Mm-hmm. And so there's this sort of like I've, I, I'm seeing it a lot in our uh, our patron group, too. Mm-hmm. Like I, w- I was going to vote for Warren. I want to vote for Warren. I like Warren. What should I do? And I think we covered this yesterday. Vote for your candidate. Mm-hmm. man. You know, just don't. Don't try to vote strategically. Uh, I know it's Super Tuesday. We aren't going to be able to know the outcome. And honestly, I think our votes, I think it's not going to make enough of a difference to get to the convention uncontested. Mm-hmm. And in that case, the superdelegates are going are gonna to go for Biden. Mm-hmm. And so if you're stuck between Warren and Biden and you want it and you've always wanted Warren and, and she's got your platform, I personally say vote for Warren. Mm-hmm. Just like if you're a if you're a Bernie Sanders supporter that, you know, because of all of these endorsements are like, maybe I should vote for Biden. Just vote for the candidate that means the most to you. And if if what means the most to you is what is best for vulnerable people in our country, then then do that. Vote vote the way that you are going to vote. Mm-hmm. I That's what I say. Yeah, I agree. I also think the issue with voting strategically in the primary is to vote for your strategic vote to mean anything that's operating off of the assumption that everyone else is also voting strategically and i don't think that that's a correct assumption to make especially in a primary and you can never know yeah like inherently the point of a primary is to pick who you know behooves you yeah and i will tell you once you get in the voting booth i i think most people even if they say they're going to vote for one person will vote their heart Mm -hmm. um so I say vote your heart. That's 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 what I say. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've also heard people say that they're Warren supporters, but they went in and they voted for Bernie because they think Bernie is a more viable progressive candidate, which, you know, I won't say anything other than the numbers have shown that more people are voting for him than Warren. And I know that there's some self- Of course. Yeah, there's... And, and like I said, there are... Not all Warren votes go to Biden. Right. Because she is the other progressive candidate, right? Yeah, now. but that, she could peel more votes away. I, that, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm convinced that people are. Why didn't she drop out? Why didn't she drop out? Mm-hmm. She doesn't have a path. She doesn't have a path. Well, it's if if she is for Biden, then she would stay in the race to go up against Bernie in these, you know, to for the progressive vote. Mm-hmm. But if not, and she just wants to win, and she's just like, I want to be the president, that's why I'm staying in the race, then that's why she's staying in the race. But, you know, we'll never know. Yeah. Yeah. When everything's all said and done, I'll say more about how I actually feel. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to talk about it ahead of whatever happens tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I stopped bragging before a presidential election in 2016. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do or say anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to vote the way I've been telling y'all I've, I'm going to vote and what it's based on and why I'm doing it. And um, that's, then we'll see, we'll see where the, we'll see how the cookie crumbles. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it did just get a little harder for Sanders. Definitely. And yeah. I think, I mean, I think they were expecting this also. Not, maybe not necessarily. I think what was more unexpected was how well he was doing in the beginning and now yeah Yeah. and now where more time has gone by and you know i think it's harder for them for supporters of biden to say maybe we should wait until some more you know people have spoken yeah like you said i'm sure it's harder for sanders supporters too because they were they were lifted up higher Mm -hmm. than they thought they would be in the first three contests Mm -hmm. and now you know the higher you the higher you get lifted up the the harder you fall i also just want to say biden had one good showing 
and did pretty shitty in the rest, mm-hmm. relatively. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is. It was a very important state. Yeah, um, of course. There, and, there and, are factors that are yes. different. You could call you could call South Carolina three states. Yes, uh, three contests if you if you wanted mm-hmm. to, just based on the number of delegates. But yeah, I mean, my prediction is we're going to basically have a repeat of 2016, which is Bernie and and in 2020. I I think this is specifically how it's going to go. I think Bernie is going to get more votes. He's not going to get enough votes to clinch a nomination. Votes or delegates? Delegates also votes. Okay, so you think he'll win the delegate count mm-hmm. and the popular vote, mm-hmm. and the DNC superdelegates will come in and take it away from him? I mean, I don't want to say take it away necessarily, because then that sort of inserts the narrative of distrusting the DNC, which I'm trying to not like propagate necessarily. That's very kind. But I do think, yes, superdelegates are not going to vote for Bernie. They won't. And, uh, and I, I do want everyone to be prepared for that eventuality. Yeah. This is, these are the rules Bernie asked for. Uh, and so I'm, I'm just, I'm worried about Bernie supporters uh, who, I mean, everybody in the Democratic Party wants the best for this country. We all want the best for the mm-hmm. people. We all want the best for the most vulnerable. We all want uh, equal rights for everyone. We all want good climate justice. We all want all the same shit, mm-hmm. right? Maybe we have some differences on what Medicare for all looks like, but whatever. We all want good things for our, for our group and for the others as well. Mm-hmm. We want everybody to 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 do better and do well. And so nobody's an asshole here. Uh, and so I I I'm worried that they'll that that Bernie supporters, if this happens with the with the contested mm-hmm. um, convention and the superdelegates come in, I'm worried that the Bernie supporters will be surprised by that. Right. And I I just I'm if you if you're a Bernie supporter and you're listening, don't be shocked and surprised by that happening. Yeah. I think it's safe to say we don't have that many Bernie supporters who listen. Well, <laughs> if if my Twitter experience has shown anything, it's that we have mostly more moderate listeners, which is totally fine and awesome. But just trust that the people who support Bernie aren't doing it to be an asshole to you. And mm-hmm. the people who don't support Bernie are more worried about losing to Trump, not about fucking you over. Right. This isn't... A thing where we're trying to fuck your life up and 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 the same goes for both sides yeah we honestly each believe that we have a better chance of beating trump yeah and we all have our own theories we're all well read mm-hmm. we all have you know thoughts about it and opinions about it and i mean we can discuss those opinions but it it's neither of us is trying to get trump reelected. right you know yeah, absolutely. And and so give benefit of the doubt. Definitely. Um absolutely. W- when this happens, so you know, um like it was hard for me personally to see people who had slammed me for personal things uh for not supporting Bernie now come and ask me to come over and endorse Bernie. Mm-hmm. And and I'm like that's really I mean, first of all, my candidate is my candidate, but this is why I was telling you not to shit all over me a month ago. Right. And this goes both ways, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like mm-hmm. if you, if it if the shoe were on the other foot and it were Warren and Biden mm-hmm. and and the Warren was like, "Hey, and you're the the people who came after you on Twitter were like, "Hey, time to endorse Warren after shitting on your chest for 4 months." <laughs> you'd be like, chest. "You'd be like, "No, thanks Cleveland Steamer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were a total dick to me." Now, or a hot Carl, that's my personal hot favorite. Hot Carl's pretty good. No. <laughs> now, I mean, you and I are different, you know. You and I will go yeah. we'll, we'll support whoever it uh-huh. is, but like it it's just it's the 
this uh, and these wedges, I'm telling you, they are driven by the Republicans and the Russians and probably the Saudis and the Emiratis. And and we can't we can't let it do this to us. So, yeah, I hate to go on Michael Moore right now, but uh, I will say <laughs> we'll be this. right back. After <laughs> yeah. <that>. No, just <laughs> I will say this. If this country does not find a way to expand out of the two party system, it will fall. Yes, I agree 100 percent. And. The other side would say there's no way we can expand out of the two-party system if Trump wins. Right. Totally. Yes. A lot of this is not yet, you know, not yet, not yet, especially and now we're at a point where it's especially not now. Mm -hmm. But then you have all of these people who have felt incredibly disenfranchised by the Democratic Party. And that is a growing faction. 100%. That is what 2020 is showing. The number of people that fall into that group, it is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And if the same thing happens in 2020, that happens in 2016, even though you're absolutely right, this is not the DNC trying to take it away and fuck over all those supporters. To someone that has a understanding of justice that's kind of, you know, I don't want to say shallow, but just why not? Why is the person that got more votes not winning? You know, people who just think of it like that. Because that's how, yeah, because that's how the, right. That's what the rule, them's the rules. Exactly. And it's a lot, it's really hard for people to accept that those are just the rules and to not think, okay, well, either one, I'm out or two, change the fucking rules and I'm going to put a lot of effort into advocating for those rules to change. I agree. And mm-hmm. if you and whoever the nominee is, if it's not your favorite nominee, you need to go out and vote for them because if Trump wins again, this you might not get another chance to change the party rules. Yeah. This could be the last one. Right. That is the cliff that it seems like we are looking over right now, which is very scary. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I will say this really quick. The reason why I think Bernie is so important right now is because populism is just where we're at as a society. That's what I believe. I believe that's where we're at in 2016. I believe that's where we're at in 2020. For that reason, that is why I think that Bernie is a stronger candidate against Trump. That's my reasoning. I understand that people have their reasoning for Biden. I totally respect that reasoning, too. And the shitty thing is we will not know until it happens. Yeah. And my opinion is I disagree with that because Mm -hmm. Bernie will be labeled a communist and a socialist. Uh, Trump wants Bernie to win. Russia wants Bernie to win. They wouldn't do that if they didn't think that he could beat him. They're trying to go after Biden. And... Uh, the other thing is, is that, and here's where I credit Bernie. These other candidates aren't fucking Republicans, right? Mm -hmm. Because of Bernie's run in 2016, the party is pushed now to where Joe Biden wants a Medicare for all option. Yep. And that nobody ever saw that coming. Uh, and so, and then the, and then my last point would be the down ballot candidates. Like Mm -hmm. for example, Doug Jones, um, who's running against Jeff Sessions for mm-hmm. a Senate seat, Amy McGrath, who's running against Mitch McConnell. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of progressive voters that are Bernie supporters that would never and won't vote for Amy McGrath or Doug Jones because they're too moderate. They're too centrist. And that puts the Senate at risk. And if we don't get the Senate, fucking nothing gets done. So you think they would go into the voting booth, vote for Bernie and leave that blank? I think, yeah. Whereas if Biden were the nominee, I guess the the... That that but argument. Then they wouldn't go into the booth at all if Biden were the nominee, right? In some cases, so in some cases, but, but not all, right? Not enough to I think make that a legitimate argument, the down ballot vote. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, um, but I do think that it's nice that we can have 
a civil conversation about it. And here comes Podcat up yes. on the table to join He's us. He's like, stop fighting, guys. <laughs> everyone love everyone. But I mean, that just drives home the point that we have to vote for whoever the fuck it is. And we have mm-hmm. to vote blue all the way down the ballot. Absolutely. Um, so please just do that. Absolutely. Uh, election related. The Supreme Court said Monday that it will hear a Republican challenge to Obamacare, which is extremely helpful to the Democrats. Dems had previously last month asked the court to fast track this and hear the thing in June. Uh, But they said no, and now they're saying they will hear it, but it'll likely be heard in October. As you know, we flipped the House by 41 seats in the midterms on health care as Republicans struggled to make their lie stick that they want to protect pre-existing conditions, especially since they're arguing in the courts as part of this case that they want to repeal the Affordable Care Act completely, which is currently the only thing standing between people with pre-existing conditions and private insurance companies kicking them off of their plans. So while the court will likely not issue a ruling until after the election... They will likely hear the case in October, where Trump will be arguing to gut the Affordable Care Act, likely without a replacement plan, which is really good. That's a nice October surprise built in from the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Aside from the impact on the November election, many legal observers expect Chief Justice John Roberts will again join with the court's liberal wing to uphold Obamacare, as he did in the, the last decision. He wrote opinions affirming the law in the two previous major Obamacare challenges that went to the SCOTUS. So while you should, you could and should be worried about the, the decision, uh, if you vote, we don't have to worry about it anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be right back with an update on coronavirus. If you want these episodes ad-free, head to patreon.com slash the Daily Beans. Support women in independent podcasting. Proceeds go toward profit sharing and 401k and health plans and shit. So it's awesome. Stay with us. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and this episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by Embark. Uh, As our regular listeners know, I am a huge dog person. I'm a dog mom. I have a two-year-old, not-chill German Shepherd, and she uh, is a little bit crazy. Her name's Olive. She was born on Christmas, so her name's Olive the Other Reindeer. And I wanted to get the best jump on what she might need for her health care and her lineage and her family tree, because I didn't know that. So what I did was I got the Embark Breed and Health Test. It helps you learn as much as possible about your dog's lineage and their background to make sure you can best care for them. Um, so whether you have a new pup or an old friend or a rescue that you might not know the background of, the Embark Breed and Health Test is the key to unlocking your dog's unique breed mix and genetically informed health needs so you can help your pup live its healthiest, happiest life. From breed traits to genetic risk factors for health conditions, Embark provides the resources to help you and your vet best tailor care to your specific needs. Over 50% of dogs are either at risk or a carrier of a genetic disease, and the Embark Breed and Health DNA test screens for any potential health conditions so you have all the information necessary. Whether your pet is mixed breed or purebred, they're not immune to certain diseases and health issues, but the sooner you know, the sooner you can find help and reduce pain. Uh, I love how easy Embark makes the process. I sent a simple cheek swab and they did the rest. Um, It's the only dog DNA test that performs research-grade DNA testing, like forensic files level. So this allows our vet and uh, research teams to conduct groundbreaking research to extend the lives of all dogs. Every Embark dog brings us closer to the goal of ending preventable diseases in dogs. Embark has an exclusive offer you can't get anywhere else. Go to EmbarkVet.com now and use promo code DAILYBEANS to save 15% off your dog DNA test kit. That's EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DAILYBEANS to save. You'll be glad you did. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, We now have our coronavirus expert in the field god just about as much as big of an expert as mike pence is the guy leading it um uh you would have started that needle program so 
Yeah, I think you're. I think you're in a better position to to run it. That is true. Mm-hmm. I am a huge fan of harm reduction policies. Heck yeah. Yes. Um. So this is a sad update, but not a surprising update. Six people are now confirmed dead from COVID nineteen. This is in Washington State. This is up from four people from the last count. Uh, up four people from the last count, and the state's preparing for what they fear is just going to turn into a huge outbreak. Basically, the nursing home. That the deaths have been centered around is located near Seattle in a town named Kirkland. Officials are planning on buying a hotel, actually, to house and isolate all the patients um, in an effort to obviously contain the outbreak. Right, because we don't have surge resourcing, um, which is what epidemiologists and health experts refer to as enough ICU hospital beds to handle the surge that's expected based on the math that we understand. That's a scary thought, but it's nice that there are other options, at least, and it's not just like, fuck. You know, there's there's things that they can do and that they're planning on doing. Uh, the fears that the virus has been spreading and detected, though, seem to be coming seem to be becoming more and more confirmed by expanded testing. That's revealing um, a lot of things about the virus. There was a group that actually sequenced the genome and they found that it has a lot of similarities to ones that had popped up about all the way back in January. So now there's hypotheses, you know, I don't know if that's the right word there. It is. Is it? Can it be tested? So, can something that happened in the past be tested through the scientific process? Oh, yeah. That's mm. pretty much all we test through oh. the scientific process. Perfect. Anyways. Unless you're building a time machine and then your hypotheses have to be future tense. <laughs> Amazing, but <laughs> no, 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 that was great. Um, but but the what they think is is the case is that it's been spreading for eight weeks now, and it sounds like it's mutating. Mm. Yeah, because- which means that by the time a vaccine is developed, which Trump says is tomorrow, and which doctors say is a year from now, <laughs> at it, least you might be having a vaccine to the twenty twenty mm-hmm. COVID. 19 mm-hmm. and not the 2021 covid 20 i mm-hmm. guess we'll call it um so might be back to square one mm-hmm. if it's a seasonal thing yep definitely uh, there's currently still 29 patients that are in the process of even being tested at the health facility where the deaths have occurred and we also learned today from reporting that the cdc was supposed to hold a press conference at noon to talk about all this stuff but that conference was postponed for some unknown reason but i'm not being muzzled no <laughs> Right. They're not muzzling me. Right. Yep. I'm not an alien. Mm-hmm. A White House spokesperson. Sorry, that's just terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, it's very scary. Um, a person from the White House said that the CDC would participate in an afternoon briefing today on the coronavirus response with Mike Pence. Um, did that ha- that? It did. It did? I have some notes on that. Oh, perfect, because I didn't see it. it. Yeah, I, I figured I'd add. Yeah, I knew you were driving down. I appreciate so I figured that. that. Once that popped out. Yeah, thank you. Um, popped out. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know <laughs> what I'm talking about. The media's womb. <laughs> gross. <laughs> Wombs aren't gross. I love all wombs. Yep. No womb shaming. Yep. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, not only did they cancel their press conference, mm-hmm. they removed testing failure information from their website i saw that That got taken down i i saw that and i saw that they're just replacing it with the numbers of people that have been infected yeah exactly uh and so pensy pence got up today lied again he said we have 43 cases in the united states there's over 100 uh 29 are in california and washington state so they they kind of were sort of saying we've 
we've quarantined it to the liberal left coast. I mean, they didn't say that, but you could sort of tell that that's what they were getting at. Uh, like, it's just, no, don't worry about it, red states. Mm-hmm. It's just right now in, in Washington State, mm-hmm. California, because they're dirty. Um, and he admitted to the four additional fatalities and expressed condolences. He said the risk to the American people remains low, according to all the experts. Trump has said we're ready for anything, but this is an all hands on deck effort. Uh, he says Trump is bringing the best minds of private industry together. Yeah, of course he is. Mm-hmm. Um, then he said Trump met with all 50 governors and, and three ter- and governors of three territories, all 50 states and three territories. And he says the governors told him, <laughs> the governors said all said that this has been a wonderful, terrific, seamless effort to coordinate a response. Mm, I'm sure Newsom said that. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting now for the governors to come out with statements saying, I didn't fucking say that. Mm-hmm. Um, they also met with the leadership of the top pharmaceutical companies, um, not only to talk about vaccines, but the, de- the development of therapeutics. Uh, there may be a vaccine going on trial within the next six weeks, according to Pence, but it might not be available until late this year. That is in direct conflict with what every single yes. health expert has said. And sources who were on that fucking call said they had to explain to Trump over and over and over again why we can't have uh, he's like, how about six months? No, four months. No, eight months. No, we have to test it. It's a vaccine. The FDA has to approve it. We can't just come up with a vaccine and and say, I think this is it, Eureka, and then release it to the public. Um, they have to test it. Trump didn't seem to understand that, once again, showcasing his inability to learn anything. Mm-hmm. And then he talked about the travel, Pence talked about the travel ban mm-hmm. expansion. Now we have 100% screening travel from the four countries on the level four list, which is the highest level you can be. And that's Iran, Italy, Korea, and China. Um, I have, personally, I have friends who were supposed to go to Italy this week and yeah. their flights were canceled. Those are those are canceled by the airlines, not by the government. Yep. I also have a friend that the same thing happened to them. I wonder if they were going together. Mm-hmm. Italy? Karen? I don't know. Corey? <laughs> Are your friends white ladies? Uh, yes. <laughs> so is mine. Uh, going with a nurse? Uh, I don't know actually why she was going. I'm going to ask Corey. She just gets around in a really fun way. So does Corey. Globally. And Corey should have been like, I'm a nurse. You can leave me on the plane. Yeah. Reminder, a lot of stores are running out of the masks and hand sanitizers and get yourself good soap. Stock up on soap if you're nervous, if you have elderly folks around you or immune compromised people. But the masks for you probably aren't going to do anything. So. Yeah. And if you can get masks somehow, don't. Yeah. They don't help you. Um, the only ones that help you are the fitted ones that you have to have tailored by a professional. Those need to be saved for the people who need them. Mm-hmm. So don't. And if you're in for the people that are sick and maybe, you know, I don't know. At this point, the testing seems to not be locked down yet. So if if as soon as you walk into any doctor's office and you're exhibiting those sort of symptoms, it seems like they're giving you a mask. But maybe if you're around people that are sick, maybe in that case, having a mask is a good idea. If the hospital gives you a mask. Exactly. Yes. You do that. Yes. Uh, but like w- going to the store. Right. Mask isn't going to help. Yeah. And uh, and if you start feeling like you're sick, just just try to isolate yourself as best you can until your symptoms are gone. Mm-hmm. I think the incubation period is 14 days. I'm not sure. Uh, I have to double check that. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't want to give out wrong information. Don't listen to me. I'm not a doctor. I am, but not that kind of doctor. Actually, I am that kind of doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're all public, public health, health. And epidemiology. Just 
I don't know. I haven't looked at the coronavirus. I'm not a biologist. How about that? Mm-hmm. Um, so don't take my word for that. But find out what the incubation period is if you start showing symptoms, flu-like symptoms, and just keep yourself away from everybody mm-hmm. uh, for that amount of time. That would be the best thing. Don't mm-hmm. go to work sick. And this sucks because... Like people in the food service industry, people with minimum wage jobs. Working two and three jobs. Can't often call in sick. They can't afford to call in sick. Uh, They get punished if they call in sick, which is illegal. And so I don't, that's just um, absolutely terrifying and and awful and shitty. And I'm sorry that that is the case. Yeah. if, If that is the kind of job that you have, because that is. I've had that kind of job, you know, I, I came yeah. up in the service industry, worked totally. in hotel restaurant management. I was a waitress, put myself through college, mm-hmm. um, served tables for a long time. I loved it. Um, so yeah, I just, I don't know what to tell you other than it fucking sucks and to yeah. vote blue so we can make changes to that kind of shit. Yes. And in general too. I mean, outside of COVID-19, if you're sick, you just should not show up to work for this exact same reason, because as we know, regular influenza you know, I don't know. I don't know what regular influenza means, but ones that are not COVID nineteen, but the are still flu, yeah. yes, but they're but they can still kill people. It's the same same rules, same sort of transmission in terms of you know touching your face or coughing and sneezing and leaving particles everywhere, and then older people or immune compromised people can pick it up. So everybody should just be practicing these things all the time when they're sick. I think that's also an important takeaway that hopefully everybody will take from this. Mm-hmm. From Although public I did health, I did hear an epidemiologist say that COVID nineteen has a higher uh, rate mortality of tra- rate. no higher oh. transmission rate mm. in the seasonal flu where if you have mm-hmm. the flu you you generally infect between one and two people mm. and it seems although because we don't have accurate testing thanks uh trump that um it seems to be spreading to you could infect two to three people uh, so that's going to cause it to spread a lot faster um so yeah just stay home if you can and i'm sorry if you can't and I'm, i'll tell me your boss is house i'll go punch him because mm-hmm. that sucks when that shit happens and it's, it's happened to me mm-hmm. and everyone who's been in the service industry oh, yeah you know, you've worked sick mm-hmm. uh don't sing karaoke for a while god i know comedy actually is becoming like an issue because everyone's using the same microphone bring a um condom bring some wipes with you yeah <laughs> put a condom <laughs> put a condom on the mic make a joke i did see clorox's stock like skyrocketed yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. I don't doubt it. Lysol is probably up there too. Johnson mm-hmm. and Johnson, definitely terrible company. All right, uh, we have more news to get to. I've I'll go. Uh, I've got so many things are happening today, um, and I'll tell you all about it right after this break. Hold on. Hey everybody, this portion of Daily Beans is brought to you by Laurel Springs. In today's modern hustle, uh, sometimes students have weird schedules and need alternatives to regular school hours. That's where Laurel Springs comes in. Laurel Springs is an accredited online private school for students in kindergarten through 12th grade. Uh, They recognize that each child is a unique individual with their own personal interests, special talents, and very unique learning styles. Their flexibility learning program offers challenging and diverse elective courses and in an online environment that shows students how to optimize their routine so that they have more time to focus on the things they love. Laurel Springs is accredited by the Western Association of Schools and Colleges and Advanced Ed, which means their transcripts are recognized by colleges and universities worldwide. Uh, I love how accommodating Laurel Springs is with their online program. It's designed for students who wish to grow and excel academically and personally while maintaining a flexible schedule. Their personalized approach is competency-based and asynchronous, meaning students have the opportunity to progress through material at a pace that honors their individual skills and knowledge. This approach also allows students to adapt their schedules to coordinate with outside interests as they offer 
rolling enrollment, which allows students to begin work at any time of the year. Uh, I think Laurel Springs improves the academic experience of the modern student with the flexible approach and the best way to prepare them for success. So register your child at laurelsprings.com slash dailybeans today and received a waived registration fee. That's laurelsprings.com slash dailybeans for your waived registration fee. Once again, laurelsprings.com slash dailybeans. You'll be glad you did. Okay, so yesterday I spoke briefly about a federal judge's ruling that said Ken Cuccinelli's appointment as acting director of the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services was in violation of federal vacancy laws. And ipso facto, Ken lacked the authority to issue policy directives tightening the rules specifically governing the asylum program. U.S. District Judge Randolph Moss, an Obama appointee, Moss, Randolph Moss said uh, Trump violated the Federal Vacancies Reform Act of 1998 when he installed, <laughs> when it installed, when it installed Cuccinelli <laughs> as the acting director, I'm leaving it, <laughs> of the agency that runs our immigration system. Uh, Trump says he prefers having acting directors because he thinks it makes them easier to remove um, than Senate uh, confirmed ones. But this court ruling is a rebuke of that Putinesque oh, way to run, to run a government. Yeah. So this started, um, this whole suit started when immigration activist groups sued the administration last year on behalf of five asylum seekers from Honduras, two adults and three children. That's the second Mexico, in case you were wondering, uh, who challenged the new, that is a Trump. Yep. That's what he called it. Yep. Don't, don't, that's not me. Who challenged the new restrictions, the, uh, these lawyers, uh, the new restrictions imposed by Cuccinelli on the asylum rules. And one of the claims um, that Ken, Ken Boben lacked the authority to change uh, that was that, you know, that rule that disallowed them from, from seeking asylum. And that was one of his rules. So they, they, they said, you can't do that. He doesn't even have the authority to fucking do that. And the judge agreed, citing the Federal Vacancies Act that says the first assistant must assume leadership when the job is open, um, which means they have to have worked number two, basically, uh, in the, in whatever agency that, because that's what the Federal Vacancies Act says. Trump did this. Uh, he ignored the Federal Vacancies Act with Matthew fucking Whitaker as well when he went from Sessions Chief of Staff to Acting Attorney General, passing over the number two person of the Department of Justice. Cuccinelli's appointment fails to, this is a quote here from the judge, Cuccinelli's appointment fails to comply with the law for a more fundamental and clear-cut reason. He never did and never will serve in a subordinate role to any other USCIS official. The policy memos he signed should be set aside. Hell yes. That also rules out Rick Grinnell's job. <laughs> DNI? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he never worked as the mm-hmm. a deputy assistant to fuck all at mm-hmm. the DNI. Anyone, actually, at any agency. And the nomination of Ratcliffe uh, as DNI. But that's a nomination, so that's not an acting position. He, mm-hmm. would, he would be permanent, so never mind on that. So it is yet unclear how this ruling will impact other administrative positions, like I just mentioned, like Grinnell and Matthew fucking Whitaker, installed by Trump as acting directors who never served in a subordinate role in the agency that they were installed in. Uh, I imagine we could see a flood of new lawsuits against similarly situated acting administration officials. Mm -hmm. I like the idea of men being labeled subordinates. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Um, But that, just kidding. Love you, dudes. Uh, That is nice. Literally, am I right? Yes, am I right? I don't know what I'm talking about. I'll shut up now. Yep, no, no. Um, Please continue. That's all I had. Oh, great. Okay. So (laughs) there's... uh, I find solace in that that is a rule that exists that you can't just put in whoever the fuck you want at the drop of a dime and continue to do that over and over and over again. There's some amount of institutional knowledge that's required to be had and embodied in those transition times. Yes. I like that. I'm assuming somebody's hard at work coming up with a list 
of acting. All the people that fall people under this. That yeah. had never served a subordinate role in that agency. Yeah. Because this decision, whether it's appealed, which it will be, mm-hmm. uh, it'll be probably a- appealed straight to SCOTUS. I doubt they'll go, well, nope, this is a district judge. It will, it'll go to the appeals court and then it'll, it could go on bonk and then it could go SCOTUS. They'll keep appealing it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this is a really just this decision to have it to be like, look, this is another judge agrees. Yeah. A huge uh, slap in the face. Yeah. To Trump. It felt good. It was a good story. Mm hmm. Uh, here's the thing. Hillary's emails are back in the news, and I'm sorry. Oh, no. I'm sorry to do this to you. <laughs> God. I'm sorry, but it's news, so here we are. A federal judge appointed by Reagan is ordering Hillary Clinton to sit for a deposition to answer questions about using her private email server when she worked at the State Department. Oh, my God. This is despite the State Department, the Congress, the FBI, all the Senate committees, and everyone else clearing her of any criminal wrongdoing in the matter. I personally think this is more about the Department of Justice trying to find shit on Comey and McCabe. Because they're the ones who reopened the investigation into the matter with the yep. Wiener laptop. I think it's more about that than it yeah. is about Hillary. That's a good call. It's definitely the weaponization of the judiciary, however, to investigate people on Trump's enemies list. The judge's order is connected with a five-and-a-half-year-old Freedom of Information Act request from the conspiracy assholes at Just Security, who were seeking emails linked to Benghazi. Um, she had already submitted a sworn written statement way back when and was cleared, but she was never deposed. So they wanted to pose her. And Jesus, it, that and it, poor, poor fucking woman. I know. And in addition to ordering Clinton's deposition, Lamberth, the judge, uh, the sheepish judge, said he'll require Clinton's former chief of staff, Cheryl Mills, to also be deposed, although she was already questioned in person and under oath by Judith- Judicial Watch, Judicial Watch and Judge Lamberth, um, Judicial Watch about this issue in another FOIA case. The judge also approved a subpoena to Google for any Clinton emails that it may possess. Wow. She's going to be on her deathbed just with a crazy Republican on the outside window of her hospital bed shaking a laptop. Just it's going to be like the last thing she sees. I swear to God, it will die with her. And it's an Anthony Weiner dick pic. That's yeah. <laughs> yes. The Weiner laptop. Um, oh, my God. And Trump continues to go out after people on his enemies list, as we learn today that Trump is withdrawing his nomination of Elaine McCusker as the Pentagon's comptroller. She's been the acting comptroller since last summer and was the public face of the Pentagon's budget rollout last month. But probably more consequential was her role in the Ukraine scandal, as she was the one that repeatedly questioned the legality of Trump's hold on Ukraine aid under that, you know, Compoundment Act, uh, which led to his impeachment. Had he gone forward with the nomination, it would have given the Democrats a public chance to question her about what happened in the Ukraine bribery extortion scandal in the confirmation hearing. Um, We went over her emails on on this show that were released in a FOIA case last month where she went back and forth with Duffy. Duffy was installed at the Office of Management and Budget when the when the career guy was kicked out for not liking what was happening. Um, And so McCusker rejected the OMB's statements and the White House's talking point that the OMB wasn't blocking the aid. She also pushed back when Duffy suggested the Pentagon would be at fault for breaking the law and not the OMB, the Office Management Budget, mm-hmm. or the White House. Saying, And she replied, you can't be serious. I am speechless. Um, the Government Accountability Office ultimately determined the White House broke the law, and she was correct. But she, her nomination is being yanked out from under her nonetheless. Uh, And three people, uh, no, excuse me, yes, three people have been killed, 11 injured in a motorcycle bomb attack at a football match in eastern Afghanistan as the Taliban has now announced an end to the partial truce two days after signing a deal with the United States. Art of the deal. Yeah. What does that that mean then? 
Does that mean the deal's null and void? Uh, it, I haven't read the deal. I'm assuming if they break the deal, then some stuff happens. But I don't know, and I, and they haven't t- they haven't said. Or maybe since like I mean, I thought one of the conditions of the deal was as they're removing troops, they were not allowed to continue to enact violence in on Afghan soil. Yeah, or ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was the yeah, yeah. So that happened, and we'll keep you posted Sad. on that as that goes forward. Yep, absolutely. Motorcycle bomb attack. I have, that's the first I've heard of that happening mm-hmm. at a football match. That's terrible. Um, to contrast this, uh, all this uh, horrible news, we do have a pretty good good news block coming up right after this. So stay with us. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and this Helping of the Daily Beans is brought to you by Every Plate. Experience full plates and fuller wallets with America's best value meal kit, Every Plate. Get meals you'll enjoy and your bank account will love, delivered right to your door. I know you guys are all very familiar with meal kits. Uh, I've tried a bunch of them. Personally, I was skeptical, thinking meal kits might be overly expensive. And a lot of them are, but what sets Every Plate apart is their incredible price point. Every Plate is up to 58% cheaper than other major, major meal kits out there. One meal is the same price as a cup of coffee, so Every Plate dinners are the cheaper alternative to takeout delivery or other overpriced meal kits and best of all their meals are delicious and simple to make every plate's easy to follow recipes are pre-portioned so they take the stress out of dinner time recipes come together in about 30 minutes definitely faster than a trip to the grocery store and starting a meal from scratch and less time deciding what to cook means more time spending enjoying food with your family and friends so every plate does the meal planning for you they do the shopping prepping uh, prep and, and everything else measuring and they take the time consuming guesswork out of cooking never buy more ingredients than you need because their recipes come with everything pre-measured and the meals are very, very tasty. I've tried them. They're really, really good. And you'll save a ton of time and money. Every plate is constantly expanding their shipment zone. So check to make sure your zip code is included where they ship at checkout. So get three weeks of Every Plate meals for only $2.99 a meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code DAILYBEANS3. That's Daily Beans and the number three. That's 40% off your first three boxes. Just go to everyplate.com and enter the code DAILYBEANS3. You'll be glad you did. Okay, everybody, welcome back. Here's some good news. Florida just set a new record with 5 million registered Democratic voters. Ooh. As of January 31st, no single party had ever reached 5 million, um, and this is the first time it has in the history of Florida. 5.04 million Democrats versus 4.79 million Republicans and 3.78 million other. Uh, Dems gained 53,000 new voters this last year, while Republicans only added 33,000 to their rolls. Florida saw a tightly contested gubernatorial race in 2018 where Ron DeSantis won by only 0.4 percent and a very tight Senate race where Rick Rick Scott only won by 0.2 percent. Both have photos with Nader and Parnas. Since that election, Florida has lost two lawsuits for voter suppression as well. In November 2019, Dems won against Republicans who wanted to rig the ballot by listing Republicans first, which would give them a 5 percent advantage. Mm. But it will not be allowed moving forward, especially in 2020 and, and forever. And last Wednesday, a federal appeals court struck down the GOP-backed effort to charge what's basically a poll tax for ex-felons who were allowed to vote, but then they had to pay all their fines and restitutions before they could vote. Which is a never-ending thing, by the way. It is never fucking ending. And the federal appeals court said, nope, that's unconstitutional. That's a poll tax. Fuck you, eat shit. Hell yeah. 
Uh, and from the Kiev Post, um, the High Court of Justice, High Court of Justice of England and Wales, has seized two mansions belonging to Dmitry Fortash in the UK, uh, pursuing enforcement of a provisional measure under a request from Russia's VTB Bank, seeking to return loans. And they, 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 Fortash owes VTB two point five billion B with a billion rubles. Wow. The image of seizing a mansion is hilarious. <laughs> just like everybody just hugs 10 it. 18 wheelers just like rolling Pulling together. Yeah. <laughs> Reminds me of the jerk when he hooks the car to the church. <laughs> Pulls it into two pieces. Ford Tough. It's a great commercial. Uh, <laughs> just I think it was an El Camino. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I was just saying if they uh, use that, the Fords on the mansions. Ram. Ram. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the value of the two mansions and other property is about 50 million uh, GPB. Uh, one is a five-story mansion in the Knightsbridge district near Hyde Park, and the other is <laughs> part of the former London Brompton Road underground station. Hmm. Two very, very nice mansions. Very nice. Hmm. Additionally, the court seized Fertasha's shares in the film company Via Film. I don't know why all these Russian fucking oligarchs are in the film industry, you know, yeah. when you think about the Jolo, the Malaysian yeah. fella. Uh, you know who did Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah. And you got, you got uh, Steve Mnuchin at the Treasury selling his shares back to yeah. some Russians that he was in a film industry with. It's a money laundering operation. Yeah, I imagine there's just a lot of high dollar transactions there that you can swoop in on. Jing Jing, mm-hmm. it is totally a money laundering operation. Also, I hate to say this, but like sex crimes too seem oh, yeah. to be like rampant in those circles. Hundred percent. And uh, let's see here. Back in January, um, so well, VTB is going to go after these two mansions and the film company, uh, and, and basically they're going after him in the form of his property and assets. And back in January of last year, the Cypriot court seized pretty much all of Fertasha's property uh, to to the tune of forty six million, while restrictive measures also affected the head uh, the head company group DF Holdings because VTB wanted payback so one of fertasha's companies is called group df holdings group down to fuck holdings <laughs> i guess because vtb wanted payback for their loans to two other businesses owned by fertash so so they seized his one business and all of his mansions uh and for this stuff and his film company because two of his other businesses called prjsc ukrainian chemical products and a second one called titanium investments llc uh, that owns a number of factories in Crimea, borrowed about 2.5 billion rubles and never paid it back. So they're going after him. They're seizing all of his shit, VTB Bank is. Um, so I wonder how much of a dent that even puts in all this shit. Yeah, I don't know, but I don't feel bad for him. Nope. And a man who cyber-stalked and threatened families of Parkland victims, 22-year-old Brandon Fleary of Santa Ana, has been sentenced to 66 months in prison. According to the evidence, this guy used 13 different Instagram accounts using aliases, including the name of the Parkland shooter and Ted Bundy, among others, to target family and friends and threaten them and threaten to kidnap them and, and, and just say t- horrible, disparaging things to them, the families and friends of Parkland shooting victims over the course of three weeks from December 22nd through like January 11th uh, after the shooting. So that guy gets more than five years in prison for that. Uh, either that or he'll be pardoned and nominated to be the deputy director of the president's <sighs> personnel yeah. office. Seriously. But yay. So that fucker's going to jail. Uh, let's get social. Hashtag. So Ron Johnson is trending on Twitter today, which sounds sexual, but it's not. <laughs> 
Why? Because the day after Biden won South Carolina by double digits, Ron Johnson called to subpoena witnesses tied to a U.S. firm and Burisma. Both were Biden's son, Hunter, sat on the board. Senator Ron Johnson, Republican from Wisconsin, sent the letter March 1st, indicating he wants to begin issuing subpoenas in his investigation of the same debunked allegations that featured in President Trump's impeachment. Mm -hmm. The letter also calls for subpoenas for, for a former Ukraine embassy and D.C. staffer and Rudy Giuliani. A friend, not Rudy Giuliani, but a friend of Rudy Giuliani named Andrei Telezenko, and to Blue Star Strategies, a D.C.-based lobbying firm that Burisma hired in 2016 to help their image. Um, this issue comes down to testimony from Telezenko, who has spun unsupported stories since President Trump's election to the effect that the DNC colluded with the Ukrainian government in 2016 to damage Trump's candidacy. That's um, um, not Andrea Chalupa, Alexandra Chalupa. Mm. Uh, that's how she got wrapped up in all mm -hmm. this because she was mm -hmm. investigating this and they were saying she's in cahoots with the DNC and Fusion GPS and probably Chris Steele and it's all phony and f there's a FISA probably. Um, I made up a bunch of that, but it seems to go. Yeah, all together. together. Yeah. yeah, and it all happened in Benghazi. Yes. So could have misfired accusations. I know, right? And it happened in a basement of a pizza restaurant and it ended up on Anthony Weiner's laptop. <laughs> So in yesterday's show, when we asked how long before the Senate gets back on the Hunter Biden conspiracy theory train, turns out as we were asking, mm -hmm. <laughs> Ron Johnson was writing this letter. Keep in mind, no one bothered investigating any of this in the past five years. It wasn't until Biden announced his candidacy that the urgent concern, as Senator Collins would put it, was raised. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until the day after South Carolina that Republicans issued a letter calling for subpoenas. Mm -hmm. I also want to say, in terms of how Trump and his administration and his, uh, you know, homies are treating candidates for, uh, for the president, Biden, obviously, he's going to shit on him. Bernie, he's lifting him up right now on Twitter saying shit like, they're trying to steal the election from Bernie. If you don't already know this, I'm sure you already do. You're all very smart. The only reason he's doing that is to try to sow more discord in the Democratic Party and to get people to distrust the DNC and the Democratic Party that is probably going to wind up getting the candidate of their choice, which is Biden. And when that happens, he's hoping that he can enrage people to not go out and vote for Biden. That's literally all he's doing. Yep. He doesn't give a shit, obviously, about Bernie supporters, obviously. He certainly doesn't give a shit about Bernie's platform. If no. Bernie is the nominee, he will shit all over him as a communist, socialist, Fidel Castro, dick-sucking, yep. uh, commie, red bastard, yep. flunky Cuban lover. Yeah. I mean, that's what he's going to... He's. It's got to be a name of a sandwich somewhere. Yeah, it's all hyphenated. That's, <laughs> that's a drink you can get at the bar I'm going to open. But... But yeah, I, I, I just I hate I hate when I see people like pointing to that stuff and being like, see, Bernie, you know, so fuck it's such a fucked up choice. That's exactly what Russia wants you to do. It is. That's don't fall exactly for it. I tweeted it out. I'm mm -hmm. like, don't fall for this shit. Mm -mm. Do not. Mm -mm. Doesn't matter. You don't have to support Bernie. It doesn't matter. Just don't fall into thinking that that has any sort of legitimacy other than them trying to create shit between Democrats. Yep. And that comes right out of the Russian playbook. Yes. And, and, and trust us when we say we're very familiar with the Russian playbook. Mm -hmm. And that's what they do, man. That is exactly what they fucking do. Like like somebody showed a picture of a Bernie rally where uh, one of the people in the rally was holding up a, a, a sign of Pete Buttigieg with like a crosshair on his forehead and a mustache mm -hmm. and a, the word like the F word written on it. Mm -hmm. and, and, I, and, and I was like, look, did you read the Mueller report? Because they used to pay operatives on find them on social media like somebody paid somebody to dress up as hillary in a prison suit in a cage at a at a 
It wasn't a Bernie rally. It was some. It was a different candidate's rally. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is the Russians. Do mm-hmm. you honestly think a, a, a Bernie supporter? Don't answer me. Uh, <laughs> the world. I've never met a Bernie supporter that would carry around an anti-gay shoot Pete Buttigieg in the head sign. Yeah. That has got to be it's a laughably ridiculous GOP sounding. operative. Or, I mean, or it might be somebody who was gulled into supporting Bernie for yeah. the wrong reasons and they yeah, said yeah. it, but that is not... I mean, there are crazy his, people That's everywhere. not what his movement's about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't... Um, I'm going to get so much hate mail for, like standing up for his supporters but i'm let me just let me frame it like this none that i know right none that i know either and i'm a supporter and i will say that i think there are insane people in every single person's group and you can find crazy signs that every single candidate has had their supporters hold up at rallies the joe coffin there Mm -hmm. was uh i mean there there is but what i'm trying to tell you here the only message i'm trying to tell you here is that that is what Russian influence is. And we have yep. proof of that. This isn't my opinion. It is in black and white in the Mueller report. Mm-hmm. It gives multiple examples mm-hmm. of how they would send folks like this out mm-hmm. and recruit them and, yeah. and, 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 and make it happen. And they would reach out to them through psychographic vulnerabilities, such as Black Lives Matter, gun control issues, abortion issues. LGBT. Things that, you know, that, that's their target. That's their game. And they're very, very good at it. Mm-hmm. They're very good at it look where we are right now they are and i was also listening to a story today on npr that was talking about the fact that there's some data uh or there's actually a lot of data right now that's suggesting that russia wants you to think that their interference is more than it actually is because they get more bang for their buck that way so there's a like that just drives home the point that their main goal is to get americans to believe that everything is fucked and to sow discord and yes. make us hate each other. Yes, and please don't get me wrong. There are legitimate assholes from every camp that totally. attack everyone. We have both been uh, on the receiving end of it. Oh yeah, from from different campaigns, um, and you know. So please don't think for one second I'm standing up for that kind of behavior. I mm-hmm. am not. I am not excusing it, and I won't ever excuse it. There are cra- there are assholes out there, mm-hmm. and and a lot of it I think has to do with PTSD. I think a lot of it is just very angry people who are at the end of the the line with how they how their lives are going because they can't afford health care. They have to go to work sick because otherwise they're going to get fired. They're working three jobs. They probably you know if they have kids they don't have daycare. Their kids are sick. And they can't afford their health care for them. They're, these are just like we all need each other more than we don't. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so so just if you find some yourself reading something and, and it makes you mad at somebody who's a Democrat. And it, don't don't come at me with it. They're not Democrats. Just just remember that. And I'm, I'm not saying anybody's right or anybody's wrong or anybody's better or anybody's worse because I'm not going to. I have my own opinions about it, but right. I'm not going to tell you about them because I don't want to have an influence that way. I don't want to mm-hmm. I don't want to exacerbate the wedge. Yes. I, I want to say, you know, everybody on this show loves everybody on this show and loves everybody that listens to this show. And mm-hmm. I think everybody that's, you know, within this, the sound of my voice right now, including in this room, is going to vote for whoever the candidate is and we'll, we'll do it happily and we'll do it with pride and Mm -hmm. and and we'll move forward and we'll support each other and we'll take care of each other and i excuse me i think that that's what the most important part is Mm -hmm. i think so too um yeah 
I know I'm going to get a lot of hate mail, but I don't care. I cannot possibly see why the fuck you would get any hate mail over what you just said. That pisses me off so much. <laughs> well, Jesus Christ. It's just, you know. Yes. Got to let it roll off. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I have faith that what we're doing and what we're saying is good and right. Yes. I also want to say really quick, the concept of someone not being a Democrat is so laughable to me because there are two choices. What does not a Democrat, what what are they then? Are they just, like, what does that person think? I mean, socialist, is that really what they would say? That if that person's not a Democrat, they're no, a socialist? No, I think, I think what, the, what that, where that comes, stems from is that Bernie's actually an independent. Right. But, but, I, but, but I guarantee you, you do not want him running third party. Yes, my, my, <laughs> point, my point is that this is the issue that a lot of people feel in general, is that the Democratic Party seems to, you know, a lot of people conceive of it as having this sort of ownership over the ideology of its own base, where when the reality is a lot of people, anybody that pretty much just doesn't want the country to go backwards, I think, honestly, kind of identifies themselves as a Democrat right now. And, and you know, if they're an independent, a lot of the times they're voting Democrats. So to say shit like you're not a Democrat, it's like, dude, the ideology of a party changes over time, first off, as is demonstrated how consistently policies go more to the left over time but that's just such a ridiculous thing yeah, to say and i am what i say i am exactly exactly also that and yeah i mean i don't want to get too far into me it, neither but, yeah but, but, <laughs> we do like a bonus episode just talking about, i, like, I all want this shit. everyone to get along and for it to be puppies <sighs> and rainbows and we can all hug and sing songs she doesn't even go here yeah um me too. Yeah, I guess my main point is we are forced into a lot of people are forced forced into one of two camps because that's just how our mm -hmm. politics works. And don't let the the powers that be make you think that you're not welcome in either. Exactly. And that we're not all under the same tent. And saying shit like you're not a democrat when honestly the democratic party is the only sort of like big machine hope that a lot of Welcomes people can everyone. find. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like not being a great representative and that's for a from party. disenfranchised young people to middle-aged moderates yep. to fucking former republicans turned democrat yep. to to establishment people who have posters of debbie wasserman schultz on their wall to joe Biden. like everybody is in the bil billionaires and millionaires that, mm -hmm. that, that have progressive ideas mm -hmm. they are under the tent we're yes. all in the we're all in tent. the tent if someone farts it's a problem i'm in my wine cave <laughs> But personally, no. Yes. <laughs> like a like the a rising sea raises all boats. A fart in a cave sucks for everyone. Precisely. And as long as we're in the same fart cave, we need to welcome everybody as much as much as possible until one day everybody can fucking go break wind in their own caverns. But for now we're stuck together. <laughs> Fart cave. I hope there's wine. <laughs> That's a great ending uh, to this. Thank you for having the the candid conversation and and um and I've been seeing some really really wonderful conversations on our um, Facebook page uh, where people are like, hey, don't get me wrong and da da da. And I know you have to qualify everything before you speak. But uh, everyone's like, please don't think I'm this or don't think I'm that. Mm -hmm. I just really have this question and I would. I, this is where I want to come to have it answered. And mm -hmm. and I, I've seen that and I've seen people who support all people being supportive of everyone. And that is what we are trying to do. That is what this movement is about, no matter who your fucking candidate is. Because yes. that is what Trump takes away from us. And that is what's at stake. So you know what you know, yes. you know what I am trying to say. And you know Bernie, Bernie, I sorry to just keep saying Bernie just because Warren isn't doing as well as he is can, right now. But. Bernie and Warren, you know, 
they're both going to get behind whoever the nominee is as well. And that's something to remember, too. Everybody's going to get behind the Democratic nominee. Yeah. And Bernie has taken the indivisible pledge. Yes. I will. I swear. <laughs> I promise that whoever it is, I will get behind them. So, yes. Let's hope everyone So let's does. just try to, like, you know, fucking play nice in the fire cave. Yeah. Peanut, play nice in the fire cave and be... <laughs> be have fun. We are in. We are doing. We are saving ourselves right now. Mm-hmm. The Mueller couldn't do it. The Department of Justice couldn't do it. The judiciary, everything, the Senate, and the investigations, the impeachment. We have been the the Mullers. We've been waiting for. It's been. It's us. It's up to us, and we're doing it right now. This so is, yes. Feel good about that. Feel good about that. Don't mm-hmm. let the don't let the a holes bring you down. No, this is the most power we've ever had, and it's the only power that we have right now yes wield it like a motherfucker i love you guys and i love you too i love you too all right everyone take care of yourselves take care of each other take care of the planet and take care of your mental health i've been ag i've been jordan coburn and them's the beans the daily beans is executive produced and directed by ag and jordan coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie mazell and starburns industries our marketing manager executive assistant production and social media direction is amanda reader fact checking and research by ag jordan coburn and amanda reader our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reader with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>